five, four, three, two, one. And hello, everybody. Uh, here we are on the first episode of Never Miss Lethal. I'm, my name is Mike, a.k.a. Gym Class Hero, a.k.a. I Love to Games. Joining me are Richard Moxfire. Hey, yo. And Carl, a.k.a. Earth Power. What's going on, guys? All right. Very enthusiastic, guys. I love it. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, our first topic here, uh, a lot of debate in the community on kind of um, identifying decks. I think aggro and control are pretty straightforward, but giving an identity to mid-range combo and even... There was a debate today about one in CVH's stream earlier. Anyway, <laughs> giving an identity to the, deck, the archetypes. So, Moxfire, I know you were pretty passionate about this. What would you say? Um, well, I just mainly I wanted to talk about just the idea of... Uh, like what are the like sort of hammer down what are the main kind of archetypes um i mean obviously there's aggro mid-range and control and uh the way that the game is supposed to be designed uh, to my understanding anyway is that you have to think about them as sort of like a game of rock paper scissors where aggro beats control control beats mid-range and mid-range beats aggro um theoretically that's the way that it's supposed to work and uh, primarily, I want to just sort of, as a as a smorking player, I want to combat the idea of uh, of that people think that playing aggro is a that takes no thought process or skill. Um, because of the room and prophecy system, I find that the game uh, playing aggro is actually extremely difficult because if you can't figure out how to get that extra little bit of reach, how to deal with all of their taunts and things that get in your way, and uh, not overextend into board removal. Um, you usually will just fall short of getting lethal and then lose the game to um, all kinds of other ones. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I, I've i been playing card games for like 10 plus years competitively. And, uh, you know, the, the whole rock, paper, scissors thing holds true, you know, in this game just as it does most other uh, most other games that hold the, the archetypes like uh, what we're playing with here. But uh, I, I found... It, it, and maybe it's just you know I don't I don't like to you know call people out for like <laughs> the silly stuff but like you know I read things you know just people getting uh, really extreme on aggro um, and it's like aggro is broken uh, impossible to be blah 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 because they took like a couple of hard losses to it and then I see the same things for mid range strategies I see the same thing for combo strategies I see the same thing for control strategies I think this game's done a really really decent job. Uh, more so than than some other games that are you know on the spectrum of just being played more than legends um, at at handling and making sure that all of these archetypes are uh, nurtured and can and given the tools they need to function uh, in a meta uh, such as the one that we find ourselves in you know now four months into the game uh, still effectively playing with uh, the same set you know add, uh, a couple of cards that have made some splashes, like uh, Hisgrove and then, you know, the Madhouse collection. But uh, to to speak on aggro that, uh, that, like, Richard was talking about, I think, like, the strategy for aggro, uh, like, this game, it, on, like, a surface level, if you're not diving into it any more than just, like, looking at it from, you know, just the top down, uh, you see aggro has a lot of things going against it, mechanical wise like or mechanically like the prophecy system like you mentioned um uh low drop like there just being a lot of very low drop easy to use removal um but i think that it's also catered to as you know you can i i just don't think these things are are that big of a factor to warrant you know not playing the strategies um Looking at you know just past uh, past metas of what like the top decks uh, from each meta have been uh, every every month or so every uh, you know couple of weeks just what's finding its way to the top of legend that you know anything can get there um, and I think Agra's got a very good you know stake in that like I don't think it's it's as detrimental to play as other strategies. Uh, you know, if if you're if we're just talking about aggro as a as, as a deck type, uh, mid range and control as you know 
as as deck types, then I, I think that I think aggro's very very playable, and you know you can be competitive with it. I definitely agree with many of those points. Uh, my thoughts on the archetypes. Uh, definitely, they're definitely well supported. I think. I think um, there's a lot of complaints, but I, I think you'll see that. Like, if you watch streams, you'll see like one streamer constantly going against aggro decks. You'll see like another streamer in like the same kind of ranking going against mostly control. So it's like your mileage may vary, right? Like, there's some nights where like I play control player after control player after control player. You know, be it ramp control or just traditional control. I'm like, geez, that is, uh, <laughs> you get a bit tilted. Yeah. And then <laughs> other days, you play against aggro deck after aggro deck after aggro deck, and you know what? You get a little frustrated at that, too. And I think your mileage may vary, but I think this game has a pretty strong balance. Like, I don't think there's too much, uh, you know, there's not, like, one style of plays dominating. I think you can go, you know, at the end of the three, main archetypes and not be punished for it, which is great. I know Hearthstone, for example, a lot of complaints that, you know, there's no punishing for going face, really. So that... And that's... To to add to that point, not to to cut you off, Mike, but to add to that point a little bit, there's a lot of decks that, you know, fall into each archetype. Like, there's not just one strict, you know, aggro deck. There's Crusader, there's... uh, there's Archer, there's, I've seen, it's like a tempo, aggro, uh, sorcerer. I've even that, seen, uh, like, that... aggro scouts and aggro mages and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they, they have, like, their different takes on it, because, you know, like, exactly, mage can, uh, what what is it? It's, uh, action, action mage. mage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, they all have their own takes on it, you know, all that have different reach, like, even going so far back as to, like, when Prophecy Assassin was a big thing. Yeah. You know, that deck just has tons of reach, and I, and I think it's... it's fallen off because more people have sort of evolved past it, but, like, the deck still exists. People can still do well with you it. You can I still get to Legend with that deck, no problem. Yeah. That's what I did this season, Action Assassin, early. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so I think it's important to note that you know unless you're playing you know hundreds and hundreds of games every day to get like a very like a variation of what you know is actually being played like it's very easy to queue up five games play against four of which being you know you play against four aggro decks and lose because you're playing you know some clunky control or a mid range strat that you're trying out and then just be like wow aggro is just running the the meta and it's like well no you just queued five games you have a very very small sample size like yeah. but, I was... but that's where I see a lot of these posts come from it's just you know people who aren't diving in um, because there's not really a reason to right now and I get that so. Yeah, it's I'm. Just, that's that's just my two I'm, cents on that. <laughs> I'm always I'm always saying that uh, I'm really bad at rock paper scissors, um, because I wind up going up against uh, one style of deck. Then I'll be like, okay, so it seems like I'm running into a whole bunch of control. So then I'll queue in with mid range, uh, or sorry, I'll queue in with like aggro to try and beat the control. And then I'll be facing only mid range, and then I'll be like, all right, well then I guess I should play control. And then I switch it to control. And then I only face aggro. <laughs> Yeah, it's the curse of the ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ladder anxiety. You gotta conquer it, though. You know. No, for sure. But uh, yeah. But I think yeah. You're like you know. Okay. And earlier, earlier when I mentioned the other type, uh, archetype was tempo. What is tempo? What does that mean? Yeah, tempo's but, not an archetype. That's yeah. important to note. I don't yeah. know what you're about to say, but <laughs> <laughs> I just want to uh, cut you off real quick. All right. <laughs> well, you know, it's like kind of like ramps, not archetype. It's a different type of control, but it's still exactly oh, we should, a variation. We it's should, a sub archetype, yes. if anything. Like we should still an archetype. correct. We should be actually breaking down what the different archetypes are for people who aren't aware of it. <laughs> yeah, for newer players who may be watching this, who people want to get into the game. All right, so. <clears throat> How about we each talk? So, Mox, you mentioned you like aggro. Carl, you like control. I like mid-range. So we kind of just go from there. Yeah, okay. So, Mox, uh, tell us about aggro. Aggro is uh, um, it's, it's generally referred to as schmorking um, in this game, and it, which comes from Hearthstone. Uh, basically, what you want to do is play lots of really high-impact low drops, um, hit face as much as you can, and try to race down your opponent before they can do anything in terms of setting up a game plan that will actually win them the game. Um, the main Uh, things that you have to consider when playing it is uh, how to deal with taunts and things that get into your way, um, how to uh, react to runes that you are going to break really quickly, um, and basically how to just 
get the last little bit of reach that you need because usually uh, the runes will slow you down enough that you actually wind up uh, not quite killing them and you have to figure out how are, are you going to do that like last 5, 10, like 13 points of damage to be able to win the game. Very good description. Alright, Carl, tell us a bit about control. Uh, control is almost the exact opposite of aggro. Um, it focuses on its late game presence uh, as it sets up an early game by basically dealing with the threats that are played uh, turn by turn. It kind of takes things uh, one at a time. The plays are usually very linear uh, through the first uh, six to seven to eight turns just because you're only doing one thing a turn typically. You're not really, I mean, there are even turns that you pass. Um, and then at the very, like towards the end of the game, your hand, you're usually trying to exhaust your opponent's resources and kind of hold all of your heavier resources so that you start outvaluing them uh, in the later stages of the game. Uh, control decks consist of, there's Control Mage, which was a super heavy hitter uh, in Legends the first couple of months, and still is. It's making a little bit of a comeback. Um, other versions of Control include the ever-popular Ramp Scout, um, other... Uh, late game, scout, synergies, um, and just anything that focuses on uh, making multiple big, and when I say big, I mean like dropping creatures that are just heavier statted than your opponents consistently uh, after turns uh, six and seven. Excellent description. All right, well, not again. I'm glad you uh, actually ended on this turn six or seven. Because as a mid-range player, that's where you typically curve out at 6 and 7. So mid-range, uh, give you a bit of background why I like it so much. It's kind of like the switch hitter against aggro decks. You curve out, you have a better late game than them. So typically you play almost like the control, like a pseudo-control player and try to get your you know 6 or 7 drops. And depending on the card, you may go beyond the 6 and 7 mark. I know a lot of mid-range scouts run Tazcat anyway because <laughs> high-value card. So yeah, um, against and against and it's nice because against control, you're playing the smorking. As mentioned before, you're the aggro player. So mid range, uh, typically about mid range, right? So I'd say more f between four and seven would be the mid range area. You want to get those value out, and depending on who you're playing against, kind of this you can you have to change it, change it up. And I think there's a lot of confusion right, with mid range right now. A lot of people think it's aggro-focused, which a lot of the cards promote aggro, I think. Um, I personally play Midrange Sorcerer a lot, and I have two cards that are based on health, Royal Sage and Blackworm Necromancer. These cards are quite powerful, but of course, they're not necessarily dead in your hand, but they're not the most effective for their mana cost when you're behind in health. So that definitely promotes you know, doing damage to your opponents to gain the health lead. So mid-range versus mid-range can also feel like... So aggro versus mid-range, you're trying to control while not taking too much damage. Against control, you obviously want to do as much as you can, especially when they get those bigger creatures out there. Being able to play you know, one of those higher health, health cards can be a huge swing in your favor, as well as mid-range versus mid-range often feels like a race, I think. And that's where it comes from, this whole concept of mid-range is aggro, because, well, you kind of have to... It's this particular game, it's kind of promoted that way. That would be my definition of mid-range. You just get those value, you get value creatures that are not too expensive that you can play to kind of seal the deal. Bit of board, not as much board control as a control player, but you get a good amount to go for that push. So I'd say mid-range, of course, in the middle of aggro and control, you the switch hitter depending on who you're playing. And the way I look at the uh, rock paper scissors. I actually look at it slightly different. I'd say control is better against aggro, but struggles against mid-range. Because a lot of the removal doesn't bother mid-range creatures as much. So aggro, you get a lot of like 1 and 2, 3 drops, lower health cost. You know, Ice Storm might wipe the board. Where against a mid-range player, Ice Storm did damage the board, but they're still there. And I'd say mid-range struggles against aggro a bit. On the counting, you, don't really, you may not have the control tools that a control player has to kind of crowd control the field, yeah. so you struggle a bit more. So that's yeah, what I, I was gonna, I was, yeah, the rock, paper, scissors is kind of, 
thrown into a little bit of a loop with Legends. I think some people, uh, like anyone coming from Magic the Gathering, um, you know, who refer, like, which is where most of these, uh, you know, deck titles uh, come from, um, and where just so much research has been done on them, is that, uh, you know, that, that rock, paper, scissors that we talked about, uh, aggro beating control, control beating midrange, midrange beating aggro, um, is typically the case. Um, but Legends kind of plays to that a little bit differently because Control has so much more... Well, at least Blue does. Um, uh, what is it? Intelligence has a lot more uh, like value early game removal. Um, and Aggro tends to, while still having high value early creatures, tend to have weaker statted cards um, in terms of defense. So Control can take a lot more advantage of that. So it's interesting that that one little flip uh, plays to this a little bit more, and that's why some people might think that aggro again, like we, like uh, Richard mentioned earlier, doesn't have as much of an in uh, in this game as it does in, in most others. Absolutely, I definitely think aggro in this game. Well, you have a you're on a clock if you're against a control player, right? Or ramp. You always are. That's, yeah. yeah <laughs> you're always game. on a clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's in any game though. If you're an aggro player, hey, you're on a clock. The yep. mid range player can get those mid game beast out. He may be able to control the stabilize control the board. Control player can reach his late game. You can throw walls up, clear your board, starve your resources. But I think I think skill sets are required. How do I put this? I'd say people say control is boring or aggro is mindless. I'd say just different skill sets. Oh, and they're one hundred percent wrong. Yeah, those it's are yeah. False it's it's true. Way. It's yeah. true that all of the different archetypes take a, a different uh, like they they all take skill to play properly. Um, yeah, a different skill set. Like, but I'm just saying like, okay, I put this. I have the IT skills get. I work with computers. And that's, some people say that's an awesome skill set. Some people think it's, some people look at my job and go, well, that's. That's cool, I guess, but I wouldn't care, right? So if you don't, if it just, if the playstyle doesn't appeal to you, you may think poorly of it. But I think they each require skill, just a different type of skill. Like the aggro player, should I break this prophecy for this X amount of damage? What you? I mean, yeah. there's the knowledge of knowing your, what your turns one through five are so much more valuable than a controls turns oh, one yeah. through five. Yeah, and Definitely. I think that's where like the common misconception is, is that it's like, oh, well, they have to make you know, so many more pivotal decisions in those first couple of turns, and but the games go quicker, you know, because of that. Um, so in a sense, it's like they're finishing more games, so it must not take as much effort, uh, when in fact they're just making a lot more decisions than you are in those first couple of turns. So Yeah, like usually your starting hand, you have to make a decision of which two drop to lead with. <laughs> and like that yeah. can actually make or break a game. If you if you play that play wrong, if you play like if you have a choice between a Mournhold Trader and a Daring Cut Purse, and you play the Cut Purse into blue and you just lose your Cut Purse, you could just straight up lose the game. Whereas the Mournhold Trader doesn't die immediately and might get some extra damage in which you needed to win. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, it's really about what you like to play. I think everyone should. I think everyone should give the archetypes all a try. Of course. Like, yeah, for sure. Play all of it. Try them out. Like, you like. what you do see. And then I think even if you don't like the style, give it a try just to understand what they have to go through. You know, I, I'll be honest. I yeah. complained about control. Then I played a control deck. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> My early game yeah. is kind of weak. It's super Jeez. weak. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't curve out into your end game, you just lose, right? <laughs> Right. And the decisions are easier too in the beginning. It's like, oh, do I play the one four drop in my hand or pass the turn? It's like you don't have multiple decisions. Yeah, early game with control. So, it's it's always funny to me. Like the the whole control logic takes more skill versus you know aggro. It's like, well, you only have a choice of a of a play a turn really. I, I honestly think think the one uh, the mid range takes the. Lo- the most consideration because of the fact that you have to play oh, for sure. as control or as aggressive depending on what your opponent's playing and you have to figure that out within the first two two or three turns otherwise you just lose <laughs> yeah that's exactly like what mike was saying it's the classic you know going bigger getting under you know what what am i doing here yeah yeah so how am i playing to appropriate based on a matchup what i would think all the archetypes share in common is a strong game knowledge though like knowing what your opponent has, all of them need to know. Like you need to have, oh, yeah. game sense. I'd say. Uh, that, <laughs> that, in, uh, that leads into an interesting. No, it does. That leads into another interesting topic, which is uh, trying to like predict the meta. Um, have you guys been finding it difficult to predict the meta recently? 
you know, uh, not people said the Madhouse collection would suck, and now we're seeing this now this, these shenanigans with Gardner everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we never, it's hard to predict, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, I think what a lot of people uh, like, there's a lot of players who are coming into this game from other bigger, uh. Bigger games, obviously, because um, Legends isn't very big right now. But uh, like all the MTG guys, all the uh, Hearthstone guys who are coming into this, I'm noticing that like when they come into it, they're coming in with their mindset from whatever game you know they're they're coming from, and you know having a background that's uh, a little that's diverse um, as as I think a lot of cards, not all card players, but you know some card players have. It's interesting to see how people assess certain cards. Um, just for instance, like when I saw Gardener and when I saw uh, Camel, I thought they were fantastic cards. I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of room for growth with these cards. Um, and they're very powerful now. There's a lot of ways to utilize these cards. Um, and then I saw a card like Alter, and I was like, hey, this card's crap. Like, Yeah, I dusted you know, mine, but... which was a really big mistake. <laughs> yeah, so, and now it's like, you know, it's these, like, having, you know, a basis, you know, in this game now to be able to assess these cards and then watching, you know, Hearthstone players come in. I watched a Hearthstone player uh, without giving any names or anything, but I watched a Hearthstone player who was getting into the game and, you know, showcasing it off for, you know, however many thousand viewers he had when he were sponsored the stream. But he was choosing between Thieves Guild and Fighters Guild Recruit. And he was like, Oh, well, neither of these seem su- super great. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> Those are two of the best cards yeah. in the game, depending on what yeah, deck you're and running. I, and I had, to, I had to take a step back. I was like, well, he's just getting into the game. You know, he doesn't know what this game has to offer yet. You know, to him, it's just, um, you know, at this point, and probably his story mode adventure, it's summon the thing with the biggest butt and just attack until it dies and rinse repeat. So, you know, it was, it was interesting to see. Uh, just how how certain players take cards and assess them because I don't think there's there's never a surefire way to know without just completely diving into the game um, and being you know immersed in it. So that's just a note to take away from this as we continue to talk about it. Absolutely. I remember when I first started playing, I thought Daggerfall was such a bad card. <laughs> it's so I was good. Like, wait a minute, you you give me a okay, four four after like... wait to play what? <laughs> It took me a while. Oh, like that, I was just, I was just thinking like three for two, two. That was oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, a lot of uh, the cards that give you items or things that you actually have to cast from your hand. It took me a while to realize that they were good. Initially, when I was getting yeah. like you play Daggerfall Major, like well, I still have to cast this. F- like if it gave me the item for free, then it would be amazing. But of course, that's like super overpowered. But the items did, that it gave either you... of you play Yu Gi Oh? No, I never played. Well, I played Yu Gi Oh for like a couple weeks, like f- ten years ago or something <laughs> on and off i became a big lightsworn player when that was a thing because yeah. if if you have any sort of extensive Yu-Gi-Oh background items and equipments just just give you cramps like you see one and you're like this card is just auto bad like there's no way items equipments are ever good so i the same i brought the same mindset to legends and was uh was kind of beaten silly by it you know realizing that oh hey turns out items are you know not not just a strict minus one. <laughs> oh yeah and it's and i mean like and that goes to show with and it, which ties back in with the madhouse collection and the gardener i mean like the gardener item uh there's two different ones on ladder that are really prevalent right now there's the battle mage version and then there's the sorcerer version and both of those are like tier one decks that are just crushing people um yeah and and that just goes to show that these items and which makes that what is uh the Master Blacksmith, the two mana, uh, the two mana two three that two three yeah, yeah that uh, discounts items. Already, it's a solid body because it's a two mana two three, um, so pass the vanilla test. And then on top of that, if you discount like two three four five items, you're saving yourself like a full turns worth of uh, worth of magicka. Like it's those the if they come out there's, in the right order, yeah. those decks like those cards just go crazy. <laughs> it's very high value. Did you see? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I don't want to ruin the name. Miracle Ganja's mono blue deck. Yeah. Did you the guys assassin? ever see that? A um, couple of weeks. The Assassin, yeah, that ran just three. Uh, CVH uh, uh, featured a vid- video of me playing against him when he just, like, wrecked me for. He hit me, f- I think it was, like, for 24 <laughs> life drain <laughs> in one turn. Yeah. It just destroyed yeah, me, and he, I'm like, okay, I just lose out. Yeah, did he play it with Gardner when you played him? Yeah, he was playing it with Gardner. Yeah. That's he got, the deck. Uh, 
him and I took it. I, I don't know exactly what his record was, but it's the deck that I took to Legend, and when all things were said and done, the deck had gone 28 and 6. Oh, man. So, <laughs> And that's just like, you know, 30-plus games on the ladder over yeah. the span of two days. So, <laughs> That's insane, man. So, so Gardener, and I highly recommend any players out there, just to take a side note real quick, um, you know, if you're interested in, like, stat building and, like, actually kind of keeping a mindset of, like, what's happening on the ladder, track your games. Like, yeah. the game does it for you up to 30 matches, so, like, it's pretty easy if you're just going to play a little bit every, you know, day or two, but uh, and then you can if pilot you are actually diving into the game. Yes, yeah, just, just build yourself a list. I have a little notebook that sits beside me um, while I play. And I just track little games uh, every time I queue up a game, like whatever deck that I'm queuing for the night. Um, just write down the deck that you're playing against. If you you know you can figure out what it is, like the difference of all the different archers and everything. Just write down what you're playing against, and it's it's helped me a lot as far as like finding decks, especially towards the end of the month to begin to grind with if I'm going for like a top legend spot. Or yeah, something and it's like it's uh, it also helps with improvement. Um, what I do is I keep a spreadsheet on my second monitor and I'll record what kind of deck it is, what deck I'm playing, um, and then I will uh, write in like a little note of like why I won or lost. Um, and then it helps you track like, okay, so this deck is really bad against Battle Mage or this deck is really bad against Spell Sword and then you'll figure out why and then you might be able to sub in like a tech card or something if you're seeing a lot of Spell Sword on ladder. Um, so right. it's a really useful tool. I highly recommend, as uh, Carl said, uh, to uh, to be tracking all your, your games. True, like that idea. I actually don't track my games. I kind of just go with it, but I do enjoy that tremendously though. Uh, one thing I do that, while we're talking about ways to improve, actually, it's kind of a segue. Uh, even if you don't plan on streaming, I would suggest recording your games, maybe. Yeah, that's a great one. Of time. I hate so watching they, my own games. <laughs> oh, it, it sucks, man. It sucks <laughs> watching my own games. So it's like, oh, it looks like I made a horrible mistake here, there, here. But then I do get the notepad out. I'm like, all right, well, let's see. Tendency to do this, tendency to do that. You know, got played a little too greedy understanding like, i think just kind of watching your own gameplay can make wonders yeah. <laughs> like make a world of wonders it's, uh, just... yeah i had a i had a math teacher uh when i was in college who basically like explained it like this he's like you play a sport right or if you if you've ever played a sport in your life um imagine you're on a team for that sport and you haven't practiced in two weeks and you're going to the state championship you know how do you think you're gonna do Probably not great, especially if the other teams are practicing every day. Um, he's like, math is like sports. You know, you got to practice it to get good at it. And card games are the exact same thing. If you're not going to practice and take the time needed to, you know, if that's your goal, you know, if that's your mission is to, you know, be good at the game and, and get into it and, you know, reach legend or, or hit a certain rank or, you know, get to a certain spot. Uh, on the ladder or do well in a tournament like you have to play you have to practice you have to um and and to, to go off what mike was saying you know rewatching your old gameplay videos um you know just like just like in sports you know you're watching your plays back you're like okay i need to do this differently when i find myself in this situation and you know tracking that just helps you kind of pinpoint it instead of it just being uh oh what did i do when i was here maybe this and then you know it's just you're kind of misfiring in a way. So and to, and uh, and more specifically, uh, watch your losses. It's the losses where you learn the most from. Um, like I hate it's like it's cringeworthy watching your own losses when you make like a like I mean oh, there's a really good example if you go to my YouTube channel. Um, those there's a a game I think it's the second game before I got Legend um, this season. I recorded it uh, or so, the, recorded the video for it. My second attempt to try to go from rank one into Legend. And my last game, I missed lethal by uh, I lit, missed lethal completely on the board. I could have won the game and then I lost. Um, and when I rewatched that video, it was like super like I was super mad at myself for losing that game. And then I was even more mad at myself for realizing that I actually missed lethal. Um, but it did show me uh, to like slow down and like take time to look at what exactly are the possible combinations and what exactly I could be doing in order to not have that mistake happen again. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Lose a game, not know why, and then go back and like, oh wow, so. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. That's that's a heck of an eye opener. Yeah. So, and you know, those little moments are what make you like, you know, just a better player in general, just you know, overall. So, that's pretty cool. All right, cool, cool. I think we kind of fleshed out 
few ideas. We kind of went from the archetypes, kind of went through there. I think that's good. I think uh, our next topic, we can move on to the next topic, unless there's anything else you two would like to add further to this. No, no, I, th I think that's pretty good so far. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so there is a Reddit post that has made some headway. I'll read this out. Don't they all. <laughs> Why this CCG seems so unpopular when every post I have read seems to praise this. And I quote, So I was looking for some new CCG, for those who don't know, collectible card game, and I came across this one. I noticed a lot of posts that praise this one, so I thought that this is probably worth out, of, out trying. Out, But then I noticed that this doesn't seem extremely popular compared to other online CCGs, excluding Hearthstone. Which seems really weird when I find this is from Bethesda. So, does this game have some issues, or what is the reason for unpopularity? <laughs> and I was very curious if he's looking for a new player. If he's a new player looking for uh, a new game, he hasn't actually kind of done the research, because I wonder why he thinks it's unpopular, personally, because if you look at it, you know, the Reddit has I, nine... What you were saying? For, uh, I, I was... <laughs> I was just going to jump in. I don't know if you guys want to talk on this first because oh, I, no, no. I have go so ahead. much to say and I don't want to take the spotlight at all. <laughs> but, uh, go for it, bro. Just, I just I, it posts like these. I I get it. You know, from a new player perspective, um, you know, think about it yourself. Um, if you were looking for something to get into, you want to get into something that's easy. You know, to get into, you want to get into something that other people are doing because you don't want to be the only one doing it. Um, so when a lot of players see legends a lot of them don't dive past the top layer. And that top layer being Reddit or whatever um, is on Bethesda's main site. Um, and a lot don't realize that this game is still in beta. Um, and it's, again, it's only been in beta for five months. You know, not very long. Open beta, that is. It's been in closed beta since, I think, beginning of the year. I think January or February. Um since whenever they released it at uh, PAX East, uh, they gave like closed beta tokens out. For if I don't know if either of you knew that, but um, it's it's been in beta for almost a year. Um, most online games that are, uh, you know, either like RPGs, MMORPGs, um, you know, games like that that draw in players, most stay in beta for a year to a year and a half before uh, going to full release. Um, and I think a lot of players are, at this point, you know, the players who are in beta, who have, uh, you know, dived in like, like myself, uh, Mike and Richard have, um, you know, can understand this. That like, okay, we're still in beta. Uh, we're obviously just as bored as the rest of everybody because we've been playing with, you know, the same, basically the same small group of people with a couple of, you know, new faces here and there on the ladder. Um, you know, the same people are streaming it. It's not really growing, but that's because it's not really supposed to. It's only going to grow as much as we, the player base, can make it grow. Um, and even, you know, Direwolf and Bethesda are doing their part to getting, you know, sponsored streamers in there to just kind of promote the game and show that, like, hey, this game is a thing that exists. Um, but Bethesda hasn't advertised it at all because, again, it's still in beta um, until they go to full release, until they release it on iPhone and Mac and uh, all the other, you know, places that they need to release it onto. Because, I, I, again, I'm not a developer, but I've been on the other side of card games enough to know that there are a lot of things that we don't see um, as a player base. Um, you know, as beta testers, we are only testing the game itself and we're finding little things you know here and there like little html patches that need to be fixed uh whatever the blood magic lord thing is when you click over one of its spells there's a little red ring in the center um i think there was another thing with wabajack that if you wabajack a guard uh the card that it summons won't have guard um so like we're finding those fixes but there's a lot more internally that we don't get to see that we don't get to you know play with because it's, it's just it's not part of the game that we're working on um and i think it's important to note that you know these developers aren't just sitting back every day just saying how long can we make them wait you know they're not <laughs> you know they're not just sitting there and saying you know i think we can make them wait another day let's see what they do yeah let's see what fresh hell reddit posts today but you know it's it's not 
Yeah, you know, it's it's not like that. And I think people are just, in general, bored, and boredom breeds these Reddit posts. And then when new players make these posts, you know, the people who, you know, scurry around Reddit every day just flock to them and, and say a bunch of negative things and, you know, drive it down just because, again, they're bored. So, you know, if you're a new player and you're looking to get into this game, I do highly recommend this one. The gameplay is incredible. And I think within the next couple of months, we will be at full release and Bethesda will have, you know, begun their advertising because that's the thing. They're not going to advertise something until they're ready to release it. You know, it's it's that's just how marketing works. You're not going to get, you know, advertisements for a product that you can't buy, you know, until four months later. It's, it's, it's just not how marketing works. You know, the, if they advertised it now, it'd be a waste of money because the people that they're advertising to now will see the same advertisement in four months and then just do it then because now it's out. You know, it's just, that's how it works. So you guys, patience is a virtue. Please hold on to it and, uh, you know, play this game. As as a new player, I highly recommend uh, getting into it because it is a great game and, uh, you know, there's a lot of growth uh, to be had with it. So just sit tight. That's all Absolutely. I have to say. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the people, like, you know, the game's pretty popular. I mean, yeah, it has lost some popularity, but that's what happens in open betas, right? Like, when you first open up an open beta, everyone wants to, like, try it because it's new, it's fun, they've tried it before. But, of course, as you're an open beta, you're not going to release too many card expansions, right? Like... You're but not I mean, going to release they, any. They even exactly. rele- the fact, fact that they even they released... They gave us Madhouse because of Reddit. I'm almost 100% positive. <laughs> yeah. Because Reddit was all doom and gloom. But it's like it's it, it's a really untenable position to be saying that the game is dying before the game is even released. So, um, I'm like all these Reddit posts that are like, oh, everyone's dropping out and the game's going to die and what am I going to do? How am I going to get my money back from all the cards that I bought and all this other stuff? It's, people just need to like relax, man. <laughs> That's yeah. That's a natural cycle. Like, hey, people are we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose player base because hey, it's an open beta. They really wanted to try it. I'm sure once they do a full release, we'll have an influx of players. I mean, it's Bethesda guys. Come on, like, I think a lot yeah. of people um they're like it's not doing a Steam release. They're worried about Steam was a big issue. I've noticed too. Yeah, that's and another I think one. It's like, yeah. So, how do I put this? Eternal is another card game they also made by Direwolf, who's great card game by the way. In this game. <laughs> Yeah, Turtles an excellent game, by the way. I mean, I play both of them, honestly. They're phenomenal. But um, continuing on the topic, I'd say Dire Wolf was a smaller company, so they kind of had to do a Steam release. Bethesda, after Skyrim and Fallout 3 specifically, I'd say, they're well-known. Like, from the makers of Skyrim, is they don't, they <laughs> don't powerful need, marketing. They don't need a Steam platform release. It's not It's not critical to their, their plans. Yeah, they're a big company. They can do that. They're, they're like Blizzard. Blizzard doesn't need, didn't need to release Hearthstone on Steam because, hey, look, we are Blizzard. You've grown up with some of the games. You've probably played Diablo. you probably played StarCraft. I was a huge StarCraft player. Yeah, me too. For that uh, game. World of Warcraft. Uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> That's kind of a game, yeah. I played that. I quit my job so I could play that more. <laughs> there you go. They should make they should make a StarCraft card game while they're at it. But anyway. <laughs> but, uh, they, uh, you know, but this is a big company. They can, they don't, they can do their own platform. Now, I think another thing, though, they may want to work on, they're, probably, they're definitely working on, are some of the launcher bugs. And that's, again, you don't want to release a game on a launcher that people, you know, people lose interest pretty easily. If it's hard to launch, people will just lose interest. Um, it's, we don't have a mobile release yet. That's the, They're waiting on mobile. That's the main thing, yeah. I really, like, yeah. I, the main reason I've been playing Eternal is because they've actually released their mobile. Um, and when I'm not at home i can't play heart, uh, elder schools legends like i want to um so i wind up playing eternal while i'm out and about but uh once the actual mobile release where it goes then uh i think the game will become like the player base will increase quite dramatically just from that without any advertisement and then when they do oh, advertising course. when they do advertise it the game's going to be pretty big i think i think yeah and i think a lot of people don't think about the power of an initial release right like there's some games that have been so hyped up that were actually pretty good games but something was wrong on initial release, and that's kind of spelled death of the game. So they want to make sure that all the bugs are... Right now we have another bug with Moment of Clarity and other cards that um, allow you to choose cards to pick into your hand. Your opponent can currently see that. That's a bug they need to fix. Now it's pretty critical. If they release the game right now as is, that bug yeah. would... 
people would outrage on that, and that would, you know, that could kill a game. Like, let's, I can think of example. Oh, Rift was an MMO. A few bugs hurt that tremendously. Now it's a great game. They fixed everything. Unfortunately, after that initial release flop, No Man's Sky, big oh. hype train, just released. Oh man, don't even talk to me about No Man's Sky. That just hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was saying like that initial release was a disappointment. They're gonna add all this content, but guess what? They'll never get that hype back. So you, when Bethesda releases this game, they want to make sure it's quality. They want to make it Skyrim tier, like, hey, whoa, another awesome game kind of deal. They've had this in the past. Follow If you've played Fallout New Vegas, they had bugs on release on that one. They were able to kind of save that a little faster with patches, but they'd rather not patch. They'd rather release a quality game. It's kind of like a work of art. You put your time and effort into it, don't want it to be mediocre you want it to be because they want to make money off of it and they also want to make a good game so dire wolf and bethesda are going to just try to optimize things still fixing bugs need a mobile client and these things are and i think the mind house collection actually a sign of hey we're listening and i think that's a that's pretty awesome thing you know like if it was released on reddit i think that's pretty incredible that okay we clearly they clearly care then like they clearly heard the complaints of Doom saying and threw out yeah, some content. They, they, they want to keep because that's the thing. We're 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 beta testers. That's what we are, and they want to keep us happy because we've supported the game. You know, thus far, we're the ones who are supporting it. So you know, you, you giving us something like that was very cool. I don't think it was necessary, but it was really cool of them to do, like you said, Mike. But I think again, everybody's just very bored. I can't think of just any other way to say it. Like. I'm sure you both are bored, like, you know, I'm a little bit bored, but, you know, I'm having fun with the game, and I'm just trying to keep a positive outlook, it's like, you know, we're, we're just, we're just testing the game for him at this point, boys, like, let's, let's just keep, just keep doing what we're doing, and, you know, getting there, that's, that is the role that we play as beta testers, so. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's uh, just keep a positive outlook. The game will be released eventually. Also, I would like to point out another another thing about uh, people who are really impatient for the game's release. Um, other than like maybe shorter queue times, it probably won't greatly impact the individual player. Um, because I mean, the only other th- maybe like the hive mind thinking of like the most optimal deck will wind up tuning a bunch of decks. Um, but other than that, the game is pretty much going to be exactly the same whether it's fully released or not fully released. Um, <laughs> there's just going to be more people yeah. to play against. Exactly. It's going to be the same game, guys. <laughs> you never know. They might surprise us with, like, with a release day bundle again. Maybe a short, a small expansion like the Madhouse. I think they're just going to do a release day like premium card, buy some packs, and get some premium art. I think that's what's coming. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the early support pack. Yeah, yeah. I love alternate arts, by the way. Yeah, I me think too. That's a phenomenal thing. I hope they release more and more because that's one of my favorite aspects, actually. It's such a great. That, like... It's such a great way to um, uh, draw money from your from your gamer population without paying to win, um, because it, like it's a really healthy way to like try to make money off of a video game be, or a card game because it's just it literally doesn't do anything other than make you look shiny. Um, it's the same sort of model that. Uh, Although they're not doing it quite as much, but I used to play a lot of League of Legends, and uh, the skins, uh, yeah. the, the skins were basically that. You don't. Everyone can play with oh, the champions, but everyone wants the flashy skins, so they look cool. <laughs> and I'm totally. I'll buy. I'll buy those every time. <laughs> oh, man. My Nautilus, my Astro Nautilus, <laughs> most beautiful little sign skin I've ever seen. Oh, man. But yeah, I love cos. I love people love cosmetic things. I hope they release game boards. Actually, you could like. Oh buy yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love that. Um, yeah, your half of the board's a little different looking than your opponents because you both have different game boards. So, you know, maybe make oh, a mount. Wow, that's a great I idea. I never thought about it like that. That's I always a... thought about it like in the Hearthstone sense of just like different boards that you can queue into, but being able to buy your own board that you get to play on. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, I love that idea. That's actually that's super sick. I never thought of that before. That's I know, a I thought cool of an idea, was... Mike. <laughs> yeah, they should hire me. Jeez, hey guys, I'm Holy, here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I thought about that the other day. How sick would that be to split the board? You know, you you both have your place mats. Cause I played Yu-Gi-Oh too, and you know, I had a place mat when I was a little kid. And I felt super cool with it. Well, my my, opponent, my... my big game was. Uh, uh, have you ever played Netrunner? 
Netrunner, no. I've heard of Netrunner. It's such a good card game. If you ever want to play like a hold in your hand card game, it's like by by far like one of the best games I've ever played. But um, I played in a lot of tournaments, and uh, you get your fan. If you get first place in tournaments, you get a, a play mat, and like that is like one of the like sweetest like I, this like my prized possessions is my play mats from this stupid card game. <laughs> but it does nothing for like the game. It's just just looks fancy and intimidates your opponents. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. you don't have to play on dirty card game tables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, love, I think you know having a placement would that be outstanding. You know, like people. I think you know, like look at you guys have sparked up when I said that. Like I think a lot of people like that. Like their own custom look. You know, like yeah, yeah. You you have a wide variety. You can have some serious looking scenery, or you can have some goofy looking like. I don't know, like a bunny rabbit with a towel pad or some crap. Like, you know how to make it completely... You can have some fun, you know? Like, rainbow unicorns, man. <laughs> exactly. You can have a damn rainbow unicorn on your uh, on your place, man. Your opponent has, like, a Deathfire dragon, and you're both happy, you know? Like... <laughs> Just queue up and stare at each other for the whole game, you know? <laughs> This is my rival. <laughs> you know, card backs as well, you know, buying those would be nice. A little cosmetic things are always going to be nice, but I understand that could be down the road, but I think... Hey, look, like, the game's in beta. It's clearly coming close to release, but I'm looking through this. I don't see the Steam release. The Steam release, is, we addressed that. The Bethesda's a pretty big would, company. They it would also increase the cost of the game for players, like, because they would have to compensate for the cost of paying Steam uh, premium for all the packs and stuff that you buy. So it would just drive up the price of the card game. So the Steam release would actually be bad for the players. That's a good point. That's a good point like that. What else? I'm just kind of looking through the thread, see what people are saying. Learning curve is too high. Hmm. Huh. Imagine that. That's something I'm trying to address. I'm uh, currently working on a beginner's basic uh, YouTube video. I already have the first episode out. Um, The next one I'm going to be doing, which I'll probably be recording later on tonight, is uh, talking about curve. Um, So hopefully I can help people with that. (laughs) To to, to put a point on, you mentioned... Uh, aggro being uh, a little mindless earlier, and there's a there's a give and a take to that argument that uh, works on the you know being able to I guess get players into it. Um, as a new player, if you're looking for something to play and not be uh, punished for as much for playing, uh, aggro is a great strategy to get into. Not only are the cards usually less expensive, um, you know, to craft and to get and to build a deck with, but uh, you're only kind of focused on your own strategy for the most part. You don't really have to think about what your opponent's doing. Uh, so it, it aggro to that degree um, can help you a little bit uh, as a new player trying to get into the game. So something to uh, consider. You know, you still have to kind of know what your opponent's doing. Like it helps to know, but your strategy kind of stays the same. You know, from game to game to game. It's you know, play my one drop, play my two drop play my two and one drop on three and you know just kind of you know splitting the lanes and kind of learning and going from there so absolutely i agree i think aggro is like well i think aggro's more like you pick how it it's like a rhythm dancing right i, I often compare like <laughs> tempo and rhythm dance. i know that sounds weird but i think aggro make a video <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great video explaining tempo to people with interpretive dance <laughs> that sounds great, actually. But, you know, I think aggro, you take the lead. You're not leading the, you know, against a control player especially. You're taking the lead, and you're trying to, you know, dance as fast as you can. Uh, you're in a dance-off. <laughs> there we go. You're, you're picking the pace, and you hope they slip up, and you can just end the game quickly. But You're, you're, you're dancing to happy you hardcore are, while the uh, the control player is dancing the waltz. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But you just know, dancing circles around them. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, you you're gonna tire out faster. Yeah. You're gonna, you yeah. know, like you're sweating, you're moving, you're shaking it, and then you're gonna huff and puff, and he's just slowly dancing, and suddenly you're reaching for water, and he's still dancing, you know, and you didn't end the dance off fast enough. <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> but aggro, but aggro, you take like you know, you take the first step though, you know, really like you don't think about you don't think about them because you're setting the pace. They need to think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the, the time you need to think about what they're doing is you probably already lost the game, to be honest. Like, it's turn, you know, 10, 11, 12, it's... Yeah, you're you're pretty much done in an aggro deck if you get that far, unless if you have, like, some combo <laughs> yeah. for reach. Yeah. Action Assassin was one of my favorites, because boom, boom, pow. Yeah, you can finish uh, off with the, uh, the, um, 
Atromancers. My uh, favorite, my current favorite one that's not a tier one deck, but I've been playing a lot was uh, my Swindler's Archer Aggro deck, which is like crazy face aggro, and then draws a bunch of combo pieces to be able to Swindler's Market someone down from fifteen. I think you're the guy I played against on stream before I ended my stream one night. I think that was you. Yeah, if that's what happens, it like, it's probably it me. Was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like I was at like twenty life, and I was like, "I got this guy. He's gonna die next turn." And it was just no. <laughs> no. All of a sudden, he had like double the life I had, and I was dead. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Oh. It's my favorite when it works, but it doesn't work often. <laughs> definitely, definitely, but yeah, I mean, definitely, like I think the high skill cap is because most games when you're an aggro deck, you don't get punished too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can just smack face and be okay. Well, here we have the prophecy system. I think a lot of new players are gonna. It's playing around prophecies is the biggest, biggest jump in skill from aggro players. Like if going face is not always a hundred. Like it depends on how much damage you're doing. But if you're doing like one or two damage, almost always it's not worth breaking the rune because if they get a free card off that rune, um, the amount of tempo that they gain. Like if they get two or three rune or prophecies throughout a game, you almost always lose as an aggro player unless if you have enough reach to catch up again because uh, you just. Like they just out tempo you. Like they're the the cards that they get for free will trade for cards that you pay a mana for, and you fall behind, and eventually you just lose the game. Although there are cards, I just I didn't want to add to that point. There are cards, you know, I don't think that aggro is like in this weak spot. There are cards to offset that. I mentioned the higher than hell series. We're gonna add to that. So there's Yarrow actually draws you cards, which is super yeah, powerful. Reload, so reload your hand. Is, uh, under the radar a lot, I think, from people. So Riss is one of the most powerful cards in the game. I'm not sure it's that under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, I meant to say it's under the magnifying skill, but I should say if you oh, were yeah, okay. looking at the skill rest marshal there. Skill <laughs> rest marshal. I, I really, I think a, a nerf that they should put in for that card is it shouldn't be allowed to trigger itself. I'm totally fine with its ability, but I really hate when someone soul rests into soul rests into something else, and then I just lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the value of summoning itself over and over again is, is insane. Did you guys hear about the... Uh... The way you summon Odaving on turn five? No. There's a uh, if you uh, ring a Magicka into Wismother on turn four, and then you're ahead in life, and you Soul Rest, uh, you summon Soul Rest into Soul Rest, which summons a second Soul Rest. Um, if you've drawn an Odaving with Thieves Guild. At you any get summoned point in the game. <laughs> yeah, you get to summon it for free because double soul rest reduces the cost of the next card you play by does, 10. Doesn't the Wisp... Oh, because the Wisp Mother, if it costs zero, less than zero, then it summons a copy of it, and because of the fact that you discounted your soul rest marshal, the Wisp Mother gets triggered. That's crazy. <laughs> right, yeah. So soul rest into soul rest triggers the second soul rest. Or, oh and now God. you have three soul rests. Okay, well, I know what I'm doing both tonight the soul now. Summoning, yeah, off, it's, very, it's highly unlikely. Because that's the other, the key to that puzzle is Thieves Gilding the... Uh, yeah, Thieves Gilding is pretty hard there. The dream so. combo, though, the dream. But you only you only need to be on seven mana for that combo, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's so. optional, but pull that off. <laughs> when you Odaving somebody on turn five, I'm pretty sure that person quit the game. So. <laughs> I'm gonna totally... That's a very rare occurrence if you're watching, if you're listening right now. I, I swear, that doesn't happen all the time. I'm totally going to try this We're tonight. sorry it happened to you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if it happens to you, wow. Um, I'm a Johnny. At, I'm a Johnny at heart. I'm willing to lose a bunch of ranks trying to get this that combo off. <laughs> yeah, it was All pretty right. nuts. All right, let's see. I was kind of going through that topics again, but I did think the skill curve. I mean, but I think we have a great tutorial. I think we have an excellent tutorial. The tutorial tutorial is great. I just did it. I'm I created a free to play account so I can make uh, videos with budget decks and stuff based on what you get after the tutorial but it works really well yeah, i think like yeah i think the tutorial is excellent like i really like definitely got into this game pretty easily because the tutorial was fantastic i think a campaign well, is beautiful like that's that really like i think a lot of well, new players won't be too turned off because you'll learn the game yeah, and, we have a great and the game just gives you so much in the beginning too. Like it's very easy to when you're done with the story mode and you've gotten all the you know five decks that they give you, plus all the packs that they throw at you during it, plus the rewards that you're picking up throughout it as well. It's like once you're done with all that, it's very easy to go on a very aggressive, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, 
soul gemming. I, I, I want to keep using Hearthstone terms, but I know it's wrong. I want to say dust all the time, but it's just incorrect. But uh, when you soul trap everything, if you're aggressive with it, it's very... It's not difficult to build a top tier... Just just to have one, a top tier deck with a free-to-play account. Yeah, I uh, um, did that with my account. I, I didn't really like um, the yellow... I still don't really like the yellow cards. I very rarely play them, so I aggressively uh, soul trapped all of them, and I built a top tier action assassin deck that got me to rank 5 in my first season of playing, and then I got into Legend in my second season of playing, and having access to that high-level deck and winning a lot of games gave me enough gold to go into the arena to complete my collection, and I was free to play and all the way till I hit a Legend, and then once I was Legend, I wanted to deck test and do a bunch of stuff, so I dropped some money on the game, but it's totally doable to get to Legend without paying a cent for any of the cards. Yes. yes. 100% agree. Hmm. Definitely... Outstanding. Yeah, you free to, there's actually quite a few free free to play players. I was mostly one. I did buy the uh, starter pack they gave you. Oh, well, those packs are really good value. If you want to spend money on the game, buy those whatever the premium three <laughs> three packs for and three premium art cards. It's a really good deal for those. It's I feel like, like a hypocrite because I've just spent so much money on this game. Well, I've, spent, I've spent like 150 bucks or something like that already. Oh, you got to go way higher. <laughs> I ended up doing the, the diving to this once I get really got comfortable with the game and felt like I could play this for a long time. I did get the uh, 60 uh, packs. I did a pack open video about it. So that was pretty sweet. The 60 packs are nice because even if you don't get anything, you get tons of uh, soul gems potentially and you can just pretty much craft whatever you want. I was so happy now, when, they, yeah. when they gave us the free legendaries retroactively. Oh yeah, that was, that was, was great. Just to say, yeah, that was, that was nuts. That's so much value for you know, so much more than other competing card games are giving their players right now. Yeah. So. And those, like the Golden Legendaries, basically are just whatever, like pick whatever legendary you want. Because if you don't get the one you want, you can just get rid of it and get a new one because you dust it for full, or Soul Trap it for full value. Well, for the full value of a regular legendary. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't get the premium one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a card collector, so I don't really care about premiums. I do about some of them, right. but not all of them. Precisely, but I think we kind of addressed most of the naysaying, mm -hmm. um, or well, death doom saying. But let's see, we talked about the advertising issue, the Steam release, the let's see what else we got here. We have the uh, learning curve, which I think, yeah, the learning curve is going to be higher, but it's not a bad thing. I think you just got to dive right into it, and just be willing to learn. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important to know that this game is not Hearthstone. It's not big, flashy, and you know, in your face. It's it's a game that rewards you for playing it. So you know, if if you're looking for a game that you know is going to force you to think and learn, and you know, just and play a game, then you know, this is the game for you. And and I thoroughly enjoy that. I've I come from a very competitive background in card gaming, and uh, this game. Uh, so far, has been one of the better ones, so that I've played. Exactly. Okay. Oh, another issue. People are seeing lack of communication from the devs, but like. No, they communicate. They communicate twice <laughs> yeah, a week with do. a with an article, and then they also just they That's respond right. to Reddit posts and. Uh, I get email blasts. Yeah, <laughs> they and... literally email you every week, and they. Uh, <laughs> They also do their their weekly lunch, Tuesday. their their yeah. Thursday lunch or Tuesday lunch or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. The lunch, so they they have quite a bit of communication, but I mean they can't communicate to you every day. I mean, do you really want to hear them? They're, yeah, man, we're testing some bug fixes. Uh, do you really want to hear? They're that? not going to be IMing you in game every day, telling you what exactly, exactly is going yeah. on. <laughs> fun, yeah. fun fact: these devs don't have to talk to any of us at all or do any of what they're doing you know they just have to work on their game but they're they're doing a lot for the player base right now which is more than i've seen for almost any game that i've played in the past and i, I have a repertoire a resume of games you know from just you know from even like you know wizards from magic and and kaijudo and then you know Yu-Gi-Oh, konami and all that you know their devs don't talk to their players at all <laughs> at all so, you know, it's, and that's physical card games. Like, I know Blizzard does a ton of stuff, but, you know, it's just they don't have to talk to us, and they're doing a lot for us, even being in beta, which is incredible. So, oh, it's great. I, I, don't, I don't know where that argument came from. <laughs> yeah, you know, the devs are pretty outstanding. I mean, I've had some devs in my stream. Like, they'll, they're pretty chill dudes. They, uh, 
I've had Maricon. Yeah, I've played Maricon a couple yeah. times. <laughs> He's come to the stream and just chilled out, you know, like... Kicked my butt with the 70 card control deck. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to see these guys who are making yeah. the game passionate about their game as well. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. They, you know, they have some pretty, like, a stacked team, and there's some Magic the Gathering bros in there, like... So they, I think they, you know, they're pretty passionate dudes. They want the, they want the game to succeed, and they do a lot of community outreach, you know? Chaos Arena was a fun little thing, and I'm sure they'll bring that back, and that's... You know, that was... And, you know, we beta tested Chaos Arena. They got a there's lot no of way they're not bringing that. that back, because they put so much effort and energy into making it. Like, it's, it's definitely going to come back at some point. Yeah, and, like, we tested that, right? And now it's going to be better next time around, I think. They hear what people liked, what people didn't like about it, and boom! I think I think we may even get some more uh, chaotic modes on it or fields, whatever. Yeah, I think this field with some of my people well, might not come back. There's a ton of design space to be able to like play around with the lane mechanics and all the different weird things that they put in for Chaos Arena and stuff. Like, there's going to be all kinds of neat material coming in. Speaking of future material, because we have the lane system, one thing I missed from Yu-Gi-Oh was field cards. I didn't really think they were that great, but I think <laughs> kind of more lane... Obviously, I believe more lane changing mechanics would be kind of sweet. I mean, right now we have Hidden Trail. Turns everything to a Shadow Lane permanently, by the way. I don't think that's as uh, bad as everyone thinks it is. I'm... <laughs> I think it's an awesome card, because keep in mind, your cards get plus one, plus one. Plus one, know. plus zero, but yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, plus one, plus zero. I was like, oh geez, no, that's not divine. For, that's not better to divine forever. <laughs> but you get plus one, plus zero, and if it's a Shadow Lane... Depending what kind of deck you're playing, you know, it might be worth it. You know, I might experiment with it in a Pilfer Monk yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, you know, we're five months into beta testing, but there's still a lot of very unexplored strategies. So, you know, just get out there and, and do it. Yeah. Hidden Trail. Now, both of the Shadow Lanes, your, guy, you put a, uh, your opponent put a guard in the Shadow Lane. You've just made everything a Shadow Lane now. So now you're in the, the, the form of Field Lane is now where your Khajiits will be hiding in. You know, and to go from there. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I think there's a lot of like potential. There's untapped potential in this game. Ton of it. You know, like pe cards that were supposed to be bad are now being played all the time. And with further expansions, there'll be more, of course. But I think, yeah. So what were we? We were just talking about devs. Devs are excellent. Card games excellent. But I mean, I think one critique I would have, if I were to say one criticism towards the game and community at all, would be be a little more open to what the Doomsayers are saying, like, don't, ex you can, you should be able to entertain an idea without fully accepting it, right? Like, if, you should even have a conversation. Don't just, I like, just never go on Reddit. Fun yeah, I'm, I'm increasingly, like, not going on Reddit as much. I find, uh, I love the Twitch community, Twitch community is amazing, uh, but Reddit community is kind of toxic sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, like, we don't have to attack some... I mean, I understand we love the game and we're bashing about it, but if somebody brings up criticism, you should be able to, you know, uh, just talk to them, like, hey, man, look, this is what I think. Let them know that... Yeah, for sure. The game's not coming yeah. out of We're all adults, you should theoretically. Defend your... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the great Don Quixote said that you can't civilize everyone, you know, so it's just... You can try, but you're, a lot of times you're just going to waste breath, so, you know... If, if people want to go off on somebody, that's that's their business. But you know, we all know who those people are. It's very easy to see, and you know, we'll just I'll, I'll keep my positive community over here with me. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just I, I'm not gonna tread into troubled waters. It's just you know, especially if I don't have to. So, y'all can just be space safe spaces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll be the rage. I'll be the rage yourself, space, safe space. If you want to rage, come through. Join my stream with me. I'll listen to your complaints. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like a shrink. I'll have like a big comfy chair, <laughs> and I'll just talk to you. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, I think you know people just gotta give it a chance. Uh, they definitely didn't want to do a winter release. Not this is winter right now. This would be a terrible time to release. I think timing wise, anyway. Yeah, I would wait till after the new year. But it's it's been about an hour now. We probably should uh, think about wrapping yeah, I think this, we up. this up. Absolutely. So any so let's do some final thoughts. Um, we'll give it to you, uh, Richard. Final thoughts. Uh, my outlook for the game is positive. I'm so invested in the game that I've actually invested real money. I stream regularly. I'm creating YouTube content. I'm hoping that uh, people are actually interested in it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, mostly I'm excited for new players getting into the game, new deck ideas, um, and hopefully new card releases. So uh, I'll be plugging away at ladder well into the new year. Outstanding. All right, and Carl. Yes, to uh, to mirror what Richard said, uh, same thing. It's very positive outlook for the game. The game's great. Um, highly recommend giving it a try if you haven't already. Um, check out these guys. Uh, they stream a lot more regularly than I do, um, and they're just great guys to watch. Uh, and I did not know that Richard had a YouTube channel, but I will be going to uh, subscribe to that right after this, and I highly recommend you do the same. And uh, Gym Class Heroes as well. Uh, a lot of good videos coming out of this guy, so stick to him, watch him, love him. He's great. Thank you. And yeah, positive outlook on the game, positive community, great all-around talent there. So I think we're, we have a bright future ahead of us. I will be linking uh, Birth, Moxfire, Earth Power, aka Richard and Carl, respectively. So their um, YouTube's, Twitches, along as their Twitter in the bottom of the description of this. So you can follow, give them a follow, show them some love. Uh, very open to questions if you have any both experienced players. And I do thank you for sitting down here and listening to us for the last hour. And we look forward to, you know, setting up an episode two. Alright, and thank you. <laughs> right. Boom, we're done recording, boys. There we go. Out <laughs> Outstanding. That was pretty good. Hey, are you watching the Skype feed at all, Mike? <laughs> <laughs>